This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Spader, and we got White Sox Dave, who was taking shots at Ryan Spader before we came on. I believe you called him a pervert, White Sox Dave. Would you like to tell us why? Uh, nothing specifically. He's just he he he's got really pervy and sketchy vibes. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> I, I like to. He's one of those guys I'd like to keep at arm's length, like uh, keep mm-hmm. your enemies closer than your friends or whatever type deal. It's a fine strategy. I think it's a very good one. So uh, White Sox Dave is with us. Spader, you said, hey, White Sox Dave is coming on today. And I was like, White Sox Dave, huge White Sox fan, obviously. Is that why you brought him on? Yeah, well, I think the White Sox are red hot. And I thought, who better to talk talk about the Sox than uh, White Sox Dave during a White Sox game? And uh, unfortunately unfortunately for him, his um, his boys are getting punched right now. No, nah, they're not getting punched. They're just, uh, I mean, they're down one nothing, And they're going to lift off on, on, they're putting good passes on the ball. Bad news for you, bud. every pitch <laughs> intentionally. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're fine. They're, they're, they're down 3 nothing now. lift off in a minute. <laughs> 3 nothing. Whatever. Um, I said one nothing. It was, yeah, 3 nothing. No, they're fine. I'm right. not concerned with the score right now. The process is correct with how they're approaching Odor Izzy right now. So hold on. I'm going to change gears on you for a second. Uh, we actually had a question from uh, somebody on Twitter when I posted that you're coming on here. And they want to know if you personally are sick and tired of making me so much goddamn money through Penn Stock. Thank you, sir. Uh, I mean, it's, Thank it's you. making everybody money. You, you keep saying <laughs> – I mean, I forget how many shares you bought, but uh, it's making everybody money right now. It made my dad a lot of money. Um, he doesn't know the first thing about the stock market, but hey, what did I say? There's, there's, there's run number one. I told you they were going to start lifting off on them, but there's run one. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm glad that my company is bringing everybody financial success, and uh, I hope it continues for uh, as long as we can. Well, you should be glad. I mean, what you're the um... Uh, CFO, if I recall correctly. <laughs> it is true. I am a CFO. I'm the CFO and never took a business class in my life. You're the CFO? <laughs> no. Um, the CFO is also named Dave Williams. 
we have the same name. So when I saw that, I just started laughing and put it in my Twitter bio and everything. So people who want to believe it, I don't correct them. And if they said Dave Williams is a CEO, they wouldn't be lying. They just would be thinking about the wrong one, the wrong Dave Williams. This guy's amazing. <laughs> I love this. So listen, I uh, I kind of grew up in Chicago for my high school years. And uh, I I always have, I have a favorite. I grew up a Mets fan, but that was a long time ago. My f- first Mets team, I'll never forget. What was your first White Sox team that you fell in love with? The first one I fell in love with, so I was born in in the latter part of 88. So I don't remember like the 94 team that was, that was uh, I mean, they were, I think it was second best record in baseball and then the strike went on. So I don't remember that. I was only five. Um, then I started remembering Frank Thomas really early, even though the teams weren't that good. But uh, probably the 2001 team, that was the first playoff team where I remember. And then the Albert Bell years when, uh, they had him for two years, I believe it was, and then he just killed the ball. But um, in high school is when they won the World Series, and that was, like, the best time of my life. Still to this day, probably the most fun I've had over the course of a month. Have you ever talked with Jeff Blum? I have not talked to Jeff Blum. Um, I kind of have through a Ryan uh, time or two, but I have not spoke directly to him, no. Okay. I just wanted to make sure if you needed to get connected with the Blummer, uh, he loves talking about his big home run. Loves talking I, about it. I would it. love that. I yeah. would love that. We were spinning the wheels for guests on my podcast this week. And um, I reached out to Paul Canerco through Brian Anderson, if you remember him. He was a center fielder. Yeah. Um, kind of in 2005. He was on the team, but he was uh, kind of like a 26 man. Um, <laughs> but he was. So I tried to reach out to Paul Canerco through Brian Anderson yesterday. But Blum, I would love Blum. Like Wait, how, play off baseball once they how have you never how have you never asked me to set you with Blum? He he would definitely do it. He Honestly, loves te- he loves telling the Frank Thomas story. Oh my God, he loves telling the Frank Thomas story. I don't think I know story. the Frank Thomas story. I'll, I don't think I, don't I know, know that one. I, it's his to tell. I, think, I have I, I have two Frank Thomas stories. I have two of them. I'm not going to tell either one of them because White Sox Dave is our guest, but I'm just telling you, I got some good, I got some good Frank Thomas stories. You let me tell them to you sometimes, Spader. We're going to do I that. I have one. It was Let's about, hear it. I'm 31. It was about five years ago. I'm at, I'm in Libertyville, Illinois, which is North Suburbs. Well, I went area. to Stevenson. I went to Stevenson. Okay. So you, there you go. You know, Libertyville. Well, then um, I have a buddy from college who lived up there. So we were bound we golfed it that day up, up towards where he grew up and then we just went out in downtown libertyville and i mean i don't even remember the name of the place but i'm pissing in a urinal and i'm just completely hammered and all of a sudden i look to my right and there's frank thomas and i looked at him and i'm staring at him for a second i'm like you're the big hurt and he looked at me he goes yup and he and i mean he's like twice my size obviously so i like shook his hand after he zipped up and everything and just let him be but i if i wasn't so drunk i would have had like i would have let him piss and like give him some personal space, but I don't think I did very much. <laughs> oh, so that's man. my that's me running into the big hurt in, in the wild. Let me just say this real quick. He is not happy that he is not in that statue outside of the the ballpark, the one with Blummer and Pitsednik and all those guys. He's not happy. He's not in that statue. That's all he I can tell you. Be. I mean, he was he was on the team half the year. He, I mean, he went on the shelf. For the rest of the season in like July mm-hmm. of that year. Yeah. Um. So he was technically on the team. He's got a ring and everything. He'd have one even if you know he wasn't on the team because he's Frank Thomas. But 
that's I never even thought of that. He should absolutely be on there. Well, that's what he. Th- well, he wasn't part of that home run though. Like he wasn't out there with them, so they wanted to come up with the moment. Unfortunately, what are you going to do? You're going to put him in a luxury box. But he's pissed off about it, man. He's not happy about that. He has all the respect in the world for those guys, Pacetic, Blood, Blummer, all of them. But you could tell, man, he was not happy. There's not. He's not part of that statue. Yeah, I'll have to uh, put in a note with my people over there to add him to it or something. He should have his own statue, anyways. He. He will eventually. Yes. So, I don't know. He'll get his own standalone in center field or something. Yo, brother, you shot me over a, um, a tweet. I guess somebody asked you a question. You said it would be funny as hell if Tim Anderson ends up hitting 400 on the year. And somebody was like, yeah, what's he got to do? And uh, I'm honored you sent it my way. Um, now he needs to go 24 for 52 over the course of the rest of the season based on his um, projected at-bats for the rest of the season. Uh, how, how realistic do you think that is for this guy? Because from what I'm seeing, as hot as he's been, it doesn't, as ridiculous as it sounds, him going on a, another 462 streak doesn't sound that ridiculous. No, I mean, it doesn't. It's, it's incredible how the cerebral of the hitters he's become. So... Like, Ryan, you're talking all the numbers. I don't even know how to spell my own name, so I don't know half the numbers. It's but fucking like, Dave I, I, Williams, dude. <laughs> what do you mean? Dave it's Williams. not that hard. <laughs> well, I, I leave it up to the smart guys <laughs> like you. Like, I watch, like, I've been groomed and taught how to watch someone swing a baseball bat. I'll put it in as simple terms as possible. And, like, pitch to pitch. He's not adjusting, like, week to week or game to game. It's pitch to pitch. And he knows what the pitcher's throwing before the pitcher's even, you know, selecting his pitch with a, with a catcher half the time. And you can just see him open up if he knows he's going to get an inside fastball. So he can, you know, give himself a little more to work with on the inner half of the plate and then boom, it's a home run or whatever. It, it, like he is so good at that to say, what was it? 24 of 50 or something. 52. 52. Yep. Um, to say that he's going to do that this year, um, the rest of this year, it's not far fetched because he's got it. He makes contact. Uh, and when he does make contact, he finds a barrel usually. So, and that he's got speed too. So you can mix a couple infield hits in there, which a lot of people can't say. And and there you go. Yeah. So just to continue on Anderson, um, he, he does make really good contact and he, he hits for some pretty good pop as well. Uh, does he strike you as a guy who would probably hit maybe even 30 points higher if he cut back on the strikeouts because he, he's, he's good for 100 a year uh, at this point throughout his career he's been good for one a game but um uh, i just think he found like the absolute perfect happy medium where you can hit for a high average he's not really taking many walks and he still hits a shit ton of homers yeah he, he's great i mean at, like everybody pointed to his 2019 batting average balls in place saying he was gonna see regression back towards uh more his career norms this year and then it was the opposite, and and he, he was even better this year than he was last year. And if he had a full 162 games played this year, say he played 100, you know, 40 games, it's not far fetched to say he'd hit 350. I don't think that's how good he is and how good he's become. And um, but I brought up that tweet because he, I mean, I guess it'll count as a 400 season, but there's going to be asterisks all over it, obviously. And I would laugh at it. I'd say, nope, it's full season. It counts. <laughs> uh, Tim Anderson, Teddy ball game. And I would, I would never, ever, ever 
admit that it wasn't an actual 400 season ever. So I'm going to uh, flip flip on you here for a second. Um, we're going to drop a bomb on, on Holden here uh, because I know something about you that he does not. And uh, that is what is uh, White Sox Dave's average fastball today? Are you asking me this question or are no, you no, asking no. him? No, no, no. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm asking him for you. <laughs> okay. What is it? I mean, my average fastball right now, if, you know, if I get loose, and I get a little downhill plane with a mound, I'd say 82, uh, 82. <laughs> so, Holden, what you're missing out here is, uh, and I'll let Dave back preview on this. They had, um, you know, Caravis, who was supposed to come on a bunch of times. And yeah. Just... <laughs> oh, so did they, he? Yeah, they had. Um... Big Cat comes on and Caravis <laughs> is the one that blew us off? <laughs> no. Nah, oh. yeah. All right, but go they, on. They had a. Um, uh, fastball competition and Caravis, you know, goes by the nickname, the rocket and, uh, has this blazing fastball. And I think, uh, White Sox, Dave here, what, what you out throwing by like 10 miles an hour. It was like seven or eight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Impressive. It, I was, I was feeling it the next day. Um, the only thing that sucked with that was we were using like plastic, plastic autograph balls that you can get from like target. They weren't real baseballs, So, um, I mean, it just didn't have the right feel to it. I don't know. That That's my excuse for throwing slow as I did. I think I was like 77, 78 uh, most of the time. And then the last few, because I didn't get to loosen up or anything. So I had 20 total pitches, and the last five were by far my hardest because my arm was a little loose. So I was in the 80s on those. But I don't know. It was fun. I don't think he was very happy with it, but whatever. It was good content, I guess. White Sox, Dave, let's do a little choose-your-own-adventure, okay? You can go either way with this. Uh, either your position on sex workers or why Tim Anderson should be MVP. Either way is fine with us. Let's go my position on sex workers. All right, <laughs> let's hear it. Um, I think that between consenting adults, if there's wants to be an exchange of goods for services in a controlled environment where everyone's safe, then uh, I think that could help in a lot of different ways. Uh, Violent crimes, I think, would go down a little bit, maybe not much. Um, I know they did this in Australia where brothels are uh, legal, not illegal. And uh, they said violent crimes went down a lot there. So, you know, it's two consenting adults and have at it. I don't give a shit what you do with your free time. You do. You are not uh, someone to pursue the company of a woman of the night. Uh, Where are myself, you? I don't believe I would be taking any part of that. No. You're just. You're just yeah, on he's the a, side. He's a CFO. Come on. I like the challenge. All right. So like what about Tim Anderson? For, what about Tim Anderson, the MVP? I mean, this dude. No one talks about batting average. Fine. He's hitting 377. The guy's OPS is over a He's he's amazing. His on base percentage. Yeah, he's, Oh, I love him. I love him. He's yeah. His OPS is towards a thousand right now. He's he. I mean, obviously he's going to have a high on base with with a three eighty or whatever his average is right now. But um, yeah. I, and he plays a premier position too. And take away the first week of baseball, he's been great at shortstop. Um, I think. I mean, the other guys you got to talk about are Jose Abreu, his you know teammate. Luke Voigt, and then Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, I think you can throw him out the window uh, because he's a DH, even though statistically he's been a monster this year. 
And then um, Luke Voigt, who obviously he's got the league leading home runs, but, you know, third place team. He has been the best offensive player on that team, but his numbers aren't near Braves, which are on par with Tim Anderson. So I think, you know, I, and I'm speaking with no bias here whatsoever because I would never do that as an independent journalist and all that. But you got to give it to one Tim Anderson or one Jose Abreu, either one of them. Why are you oh, laughing? They're better than Mike Trout right now. Yeah, I just, I just really appreciate the unbiased opinion. It's Lewis Robert too. Robert and Eloy are also better than them. All of them are the best players. All of them, too. yeah. Throw James McCann in there too. <laughs> well, I'll settle, settle down, White Sox, Dave. And he, and he's our backup. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think one thing that's not talked about enough with Anderson is the fact that he scores more than a run a game at this point. But um, yeah, just to shift gears on you, you, you talked about the winning the World Series, uh, the White Sox winning the World Series. What was it? Oh, five, right? Yep. Yeah. So you were in high school. For me, when I got mine, uh, the Phillies 2008, I was a sophomore in college. So that I was in my glory. I was drunk the entire time. I got a two point. I almost got kicked out of the Penn State Business School because I got a 2.02 GPA. It was the best month and a half of my entire life. Wouldn't trade it for anything. But I look back on that time. And this is where I find it interesting with you and like Jared, for example, you guys are like the two. I don't know. Uh, rival Sox guys over there at Barstool, and uh, you guys are still super diehards, even though both of you have seen World Series, in his case, multiple. For me, I'm a diehard Phillies fan, absolutely, and I'll root for them nonstop, and um, and maybe maybe I'm a little jaded because I haven't seen them in the postseason in so long, but I feel like when they won the World Series, everything changed for me and my fandom, and I don't think I'd be doing this stuff now if they didn't, cause I was so vested in that team. So did any of this stuff change for you when they won the world series in 05 or was it business as usual afterwards? Um, like, all right, first of all, I, I would have paid anything to have been in college when the white Sox won it. I was DDing my dad and his brothers all over that night. So I didn't get to like have the month straight. I did get fired from target for skips and work for games though. So <laughs> I did have that. Um, in high school, I mean, yeah, it, it was fun right, rubbing it in on all my Cubs fans' faces. Um, but as, as far as long-term outlook, like, I was still trying to play baseball as long as I could at, at the time. I was never even considering a career in baseball unless it was, like, either teaching the game or uh, finding players for the game. Like, because I was always into, like, watching and, and, like, breaking down talent on my own and even to myself. Um, but it, we're, like – like covering the game now it's it's really weird for me but um long story like long answer to a short question i would say no not really uh just like like because the the 2005 white Sox and the 85 bears are two teams that are still talked about you know a decade and a half and then three decades after the fact and they'll be talked about forever and i want a team that i want like a a, a just a team that wasn't just a one-off wonder like those two teams were I want to talk about a decade of of good baseball because I've never seen a couple of, sh- you know, strung together good seasons. So now that I am in the game in some way or form, like as a, you know, someone covering a team from a fan's perspective, I would love to just see nothing but, you know, winning baseball for the next 10 years. So I guess no, but yes, a little bit. 
Uh, see, I don't know. It just was never for the same for me. And, and, and I don't know if it's in a good way or a bad way or whatever. But um, it, baseball really changed for me after the Phillies won the World Series. I, I guess it's in a better way because it allows me to do some of this stuff that I've done. But um, sticking with this this White Sox team, uh, what do you make of what they've done to left-handed pitching? Because I know you and I are uh, – and Holden as well. We're all gamblers, and I've been – piling the cash on every single time they're facing a lefty yeah you have to i mean that's and it's not a secret anymore but um like early in the year i knew with this lineup and i wasn't even really talking about what a Bray or anderson i knew it was going to be good against left-handed pitching because it's like their best best hitters are all right-handed and and historically they've they've pounded left-handed pitching um i'm talking about like a Brayu and mccann's great against lefties but then all of a sudden robert gets up Eloy takes a, take a big step in. It's it's made everybody money because I won't shut up. I'm like, don't look about who the left-handed pitcher is. Just if it's left-handed pitcher, put all you can on the socks. Like not saying gamble irresponsibly or anything, but bet the socks on their pitching. Left-handed pitchers, you will make money. Well, you should be saying gamble irresponsibly as the chief financial officer of a gambling. <laughs> no, I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm I'm covering my tracks right there when I say that. So, I was uh, winking when I said it. I know it's a phone call, but I was winking. <laughs> I got the, this is the last thing I'm going to pester you with on uh, Tim Anderson, and then I want to shift gears for a second, because, and, and I'll stick with shortstops. Uh, so Tim Anderson selected by the White Sox 17th overall. Um, that same draft, the Phillies, my Phillies, it took fucking J.P. Crawford, the 16th overall selection, just before Tim Anderson. How I, I know it's such a crapshoot in Major League Baseball drafts, but how do you get it that wrong at that point? All right, here I'll, I'll give you a little, a little. I'll make you feel better. The White Sox took Mike or Jared Mitchell over Mike Trout in the 2008 <laughs> draft, and uh, not only did the White Sox draft someone before Mike Trout, the Angels drafted Randall Grichik one pick before they drafted Mike Trout. Well, so not even the Angels. So the Angels so did it that it's a because of um, uh, the signing money or something like that, apparently, I heard. I don't know how much truth there is to that. But um, uh, sticking with the shortstops thing, how – and I, I'm sure you're getting it more than anybody else on Twitter because as far as I'm concerned, you are – it's like you and Comca for White Sox. There's nobody else. Um, how sick are you – of hearing about the Tatis for James Shields trade. <laughs> I mean, early in the season when he got off the, I mean, he's, he's probably going to win MVP in the national league. I, I haven't really looked too deep into the NL, but before he got like, as he was getting off to that lightning hot start, like I was considering muting the words Tatis Jr. Even though, and like after thinking about it, I didn't cause I love to see him play, but um, it stings, you know, obviously the Sox are, more than fine with shortstop right now. But all I could think about is how, like, Tatis would probably be at third base, moving Mikado to sec back to second base, and then you can use Magical or whoever else for a trade chip. And, like, think of that lineup. Like, Magical's fine, whatever he makes contact, but you're adding another MVP candidate slash probable to that lineup that has two in it right now. Eloy Jimenez is mashing. Uh, who else we got? Uh, like Mikado will be back eventually. He's, he's been mediocre this year, but just imagine adding that player 
to this line. They'd be unstoppable, absolutely unstoppable. So here's the deal. They're playing playoff games like every – there's no days off. This is going to be the most no. fascinating thing in the history of the world. It's, seriously, I, I can't believe this. The World Series they're probably going to, but you're playing day after day after day, so you really want to wrap these series up as fast as possible. Giolito, you'll get Keiko back healthy. Anybody else you're going to trust out there on the mound pitching every single day because you got to have depth in the rotation. Cease, Dunning. There's no way you trust Lopez. Cease Dunning, do you trust these guys? Is there somebody else in the mix? I 1,000% trust Dunning. Um, Dane Dunning, he came over in the Adam Eaton trade uh, with Lucas Giolito. Had Tommy John surgery last year. He's never pitched above double A. But he was like, out of all the prospects they acquired, both offensively and pitchers, um, they they acquired all these guys that just light up stat track or stat cast and radar guns like Kopech throws 100. Dunning's more like 91, 92. He'll touch 93 here and there and just fills up the zone. Like, he can put the ball wherever he wants it. And even if he gets shelled in a playoffs game, you're at least making competitive pitches. I don't care if you get shelled. They got the better you physically. I just can't stand walks. And that's all. At this point, that's what Cease is. He's got like a a walk per nine, like close to five. And, um... I, I'd rather have the guy that like will at least get weak contact, be in the strike zone, be around the plate than the hundred mile an hour fastball whose command just stinks. And if you look at it like like Dunning has got he's got a better strikeout rate than Cease anyways, in spite of having the less sexy stuff. So it's Dunning all day. And then the, I love the bullpen too. It really it's a fun team. Like the Padres and the White Sox are the two funnest teams in baseball. There's no doubt about it. Foster's just off to a ridiculous start. Alex Colome, I don't know. I mean, he was so good with the race too, and now he gets a chance to close. This is a good team, man. Enjoy these guys. Um, I'm actually gonna peace out. This is usually what I do with the show. I'm uh, I have to always drop the mic. So White Sox, Dave, wonderful to meet you, man. Enjoy your time with uh, Spader. Yeah, you anytime. Uh, nice to meet you, too. All right, goodbye. I'm going to leave it awkward, Spader. Take care of yourself. Yeah, I, I appreciate you, man. Uh, <clears throat> Dave, I know you want to get back to the Sox game. I got to – I just got to – I, I, dude, I got to ask you because, I, I, to be honest, I was disappointed. I thought – I honestly thought Kopik was going to opt back in and then pitch out of the bullpen for the White Sox here. Were you holding on to any hope or did you know anything no, no, and think there was no shot in hell? Like, is he still no hurting? Yeah. Like, what – is he still hurting or is he just, is it's, it because of his wife? Physically. That's okay. what I, I think. He's just got some life shit and that's fine. Like go and take care of that shit. It's nothing physical. I, are we recording right now? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, they, <laughs> the, the, I, I was told not to believe anything you hear in the media. Um, and that he's, he's perfectly fine. He's just got to take care of some shit. He'll be back. He's going to be a superstar just like he was two years ago. So I'm not worried about him at all. Go oh, hold on. Speaking of, though, uh, just switching teams on you for a second, I don't know how much uh, you give a shit about the Braves, but do you think faulty has got a chance to come back at all? I hope so. I uh, I actually recruited and I caught a bullpen for Fulte years ago when he was at Manuka High School. He was 17. It was uh, it was pretty cool, and I, I knew he was going to be a first-round pick right away. Um, so I, he's one of those guys that I root for without being very public about me rooting for them. So I hope so. Um, He's got to find another. He's got to find that kick or two that he absolutely has in his fastball. Um, I know he's, he was down this year velo wise and last year too. 
getting sent up and down, but he's a young kid still. He's only like 25, 26 or whatever, 27 maybe. Uh, he can absolutely make a comeback. Dude, the Phillies suck so badly. I'm so butthurt about this team. They've led in all but seven games this season, and they're going to lose again. I'm sorry. I'm also I didn't watching the game. Yeah, it's frustrating. You know what else is a stat, though? And then uh, I'll let you run to get back to this game. I really appreciate you coming on, uh, by the way. But um, Tim Anderson, as you well know, leads all of baseball in runs scored. And uh, he's missed 20% of the games this season. <laughs> right. I, th- I, was, I was saying that on our podcast today. Was that you who did that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I saw that. And I couldn't remember. I should have just assumed it was you, to be honest. But uh, sorry. Uh, I saw that. That's unbelievable. And that's such an underrated stat, too. Uh, run scored, like Dude, an you know offensive it's, production stat. It's it's so funny you say that because every single ball player that I talk to, when they talk about like what are the most valuable run or valuable statistics, so many of them say runs scored, and it blows my mind. <laughs> oh, I think it is such an important stat. You're getting on, you're getting over, you're getting in. Um, like I I would put that more important than batting average. I'd put it up there with on base percentage. Uh, if you're scoring runs, like that's the objective in winning baseball games is throw all the sabermetrics and all these advanced analytics away. You want to score more than the, your opponent. So run scoring, like that's one of my indicators that you're a good offensive player. Well, Dave, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, for those of you who do not follow Dave, which is probably none of you because everybody who follows me follows him and vice versa. Uh, even though I still got you beat somehow for the time being, I don't know what uh, what the hell Wait happened. Wait till the playoffs come. Wait yeah, till I, the playoffs come. You're, yeah, you're right. I don't know what the hell happened, though. Uh, Carl took off and, and, and took over for you over there. What's up? <laughs> That's fine. I'll I'll have my vengeance. Yeah, well, you got to follow. Now that uh, the White Sox are good, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Follow our guy, White Sox Dave, at Barstool WSD. Uh, he's the co-host at Redline Radio. You can find that on iTunes, Barstool Chicago. Uh, which is my personal favorite bar stool. I love these guys. And um, Dave, the last thing I got for you is um, I have a White Sox onesie and you don't. I mean, how can I acquire that from you? <laughs> You're Autograph. Not going to, buddy. <laughs> Autograph by Ryan Spader. And oh, Wade man. Fox, because I, I know you yuck it up with, with uh, the chicken man here and there. Yeah. yeah. Played for the wrong Sox, though. All right, brother. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, especially. No problem. Anytime. Game.